Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. The Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. That's God's word from Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Uh, my name is Nathan Harper, and our host, Bert Harper, is not with us today, but uh, we do have a special guest in the studio with us, uh, the Pastor Joseph Parker. Many of you uh, that listen to this program or other programs on American Family Radio will recognize the name and the voice. Uh, Brother Joseph, it's great to have you with us here today. Nathan, great to be with you here on Exploring Missions. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, we we talk uh, often uh, here on this program uh, and and just all the time on American Family Radio about uh, the issue of uh, life and the sanctity of life, um, being pro-life. Um, and one thing that um, I know to you and to all of us is that the the idea of being pro-life uh, that carries more weight than just a simple political slogan or a catchphrase. You know, it's a it's a uh, deeply held belief, and uh, actually, a a it it kind of encompasses a a way of life for uh, followers of Jesus. Um, but when we think of uh, being pro life, um, I, I know I th- I put a face to to some of things, and and your face definitely comes to mind anytime I think of uh, you know someone who is pro life, a champion of 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 lives. And, um, so I just want to say, we appreciate you and and the work that you do. Um, can you give us a little bit of an update about, you know, what you've been doing lately? Uh, some of the work that, uh, cause you've always got something going on. I know that. Okay. Well, again, grateful for the opportunity to be with you today. And, uh, um, we continue to do the event that we call it a festival for life, but it's a basically kind of a, a it's a multimedia program that uses movie clips, music videos, and music and movie trailers to help share a biblical message that challenges and encourages the church to do two things: one, to aggressively get involved with standing for life and coming against the tragedy of abortion, and also it aggressively encourages the church to come alongside the work and ministry of pregnancy clinics. Uh, many be, now, many believers know what pregnancy clinics are, but sadly, there are lots of believers, including lots of pastors, that don't even know what a pregnancy, pregnancy clinic is. And so, of course, obviously couldn't refer someone to one because they don't know. So it's uh, this right. event is one that we've been doing over a period of time to help stir the church to get more involved in these areas in these ways. That's wonderful. Have have you seen um, maybe some pastors, some churches that this is sort of uh, kind of new to them? Well, I recall, for example, in a we uh, 
had a an, such a, such an event, a festival for life at a church in Alabama, whereby when the pastor hosted it, coming up to the event, uh, we had inquired about, you know, of course, we typically have pregnancy clinics and related ministries, adoption ministries to have booths at the event. And he began to inquire about that because as it turns out, he didn't know what a pregnancy clinic was and had just didn't know what their mission was, didn't know they existed. And actually, there were a number of them in his community. But sadly, that's kind of the, um, that's too typical. Now, of course, the great side about it was he was open enough to learn. And since that time, he's gotten very much involved with working with pregnancy clinics in his community. So clearly, it's uh, the Lord has used the event to help churches move in the right direction in addressing the life issue. Mm, very good. So can you just um, assume at this point that some of our listeners um, really, you know, as far as the details, they may, maybe have never um, uh, been inside a pregnancy clinic. Uh, maybe they've never had a reason to, to be uh, there, but maybe even totally unaware of the work that a pregnancy center might might be involved in. Can you kind of just share with us a little bit of what goes on in a pregnancy center and uh, and then maybe why it's important for uh, for churches and followers of Jesus to be involved in that. Okay. Well, you know, um, I've had the privilege of being on the board of a pregnancy clinic here in the Tupelo community. And actually right now, our ministry is in the process of starting a mobile pregnancy clinic ministry that will be serving the Mississippi Delta. And so we're excited about moving in that direction. What's very helpful is for believers to understand that one of the reasons why a pregnancy clinic ministry is so important is because God uses them to save many, many babies. But along with saving babies, it actually in many ways you could say helps to save the mother and families. But also a lot of evangelism and discipleship happens through the work of pregnancy clinics. These clinics are free clinics, and typically they encourage women to come by to get a free ultrasound. Well, of course, ultrasounds cost typically when they go, obviously when they're on their way to go to get an abortion. Abortions can be very expensive as well, including the ultrasound. But the pregnancy clinics provide free ultrasounds that won't cost the mother anything to give them a chance to see their baby on a screen um, through the use of the ultrasound and see the uh, a picture, um, a sound picture of their baby in the womb. And many times the mother will choose to keep her baby. Sometimes abortion-minded women who are planning to abort will choose to keep their babies once they see their ultrasound. But in addition to that, uh, these ministries provide counseling for the women because often they find themselves in a place of crisis for one reason or another. And that's why they're uh, pregnancy is a, a difficult, they see it as a difficulty because it comes at a, a time that's not seen as being convenient. And so they provide counseling to encourage them to recognize that it's not the end of the world to be pregnant at a tough time in their life and also helps them to recognize that that baby in their womb is a precious child creating the image of God. And they encourage the, her to consider keeping the baby or to consider graciously placing the child for adoption, but their goal is to always encourage her to allow the baby to live one way or another, as well as these clinics, again, are, are tr the, the, work, the people that work in them are trained to share the gospel, as well as one of the goals is to funnel that person into a local church as well uh, once they come to know Christ, too. Typically, pregnancy clinics provide free diapers and free many items, baby clothing items that will help the mom 
at this time in her life as well. So it's a wonderful ministry. And one of the great goals, as I said, is to share the gospel. And I recall speaking to the director of a pregnancy clinic in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and she shared how that over a period of 20 years, they had seen at least 500 people get saved through the through their ministry. So it's a well, wonderful ministry whereby the gospel is shared as well as women are helped at a critical time in their lives. Amen. Uh, I do want to kind of focus in on uh, one thing that you mentioned about uh, the free uh, ultrasounds. And, um, you know, one of the, um, I guess, an argument, uh, a claim that uh, many that are— uh, are pro-abortion uh, would make is that you know they uh, provide health care and services for uh, needy communities, those that are uh, economically uh, unstable, and you know that's kind of their their big point is they try to make that. Uh, and so it's important to note that uh, a, a Christian, a gospel-centered uh, pregnancy center also. Uh, provides free services, uh, health services for uh, the ladies. And these ultrasounds that are free, um, you know, they're free to the, uh, to the woman, but they're, they do cost, uh, and these services do have costs. So can you speak to the importance maybe of how churches, uh, it's an important thing for churches to financially uh, sponsor and support, uh, partner with these uh, Christian uh, pregnancy centers? Well, you know, Nathan, I would say definitely um, it's a wonderful outreach and a very fruitful outreach for any local church to get involved with. The fact is, uh, again, as we just alluded to, many times pe- the people, that the women that come to a pregnancy clinic are in a, in a crisis in their life. And so many times they're open to hearing uh, uh, an offer of hope and, of course, open to hearing the gospel. And so... Churches would be very wise to get involved with supporting and working with pregnancy clinics because obviously the churches could help be involved in the wonderful evangelism outreach that typically pregnancy clinics provide and discipleship, as well as many times churches can be the homes whereby the women are kind of funneled to because they do need a church home. And many churches don't realize the large amount of evangelism and discipleship that will happen through the pregnancy clinic ministry. And so get a local church getting involved with supporting the pregnancy clinics as in uh, supporting them financially. Certainly that's a big help. I, I think it's wise for local churches to put their local pregnancy clinic in their budget, but also yeah. uh, doing fundraising to help them do what they do, help them to get monies to uh, sometimes you have clinics that don't have ultrasound machines. Well, ultrasound machines are very vital in the work of pregnancy clinics. So, but also sending volunteers and also maybe helping to sponsor uh, drives to raise money for baby items, to buy diapers and baby clothing and baby wipes and different things that you would typically give a, a young expecting mom that would help her greatly in the care of her baby. And so this is a great outreach for any local church to get involved with that can be fruitful in many, many ways. Yeah, you know, um, you mentioned about the crises that uh, many of these women are uh, faced with. And, um, you know, the crisis is not necessarily uh, the pregnancy. You know, uh, sometimes these uh, ladies have found themselves living in a crisis situation, maybe in their home life um, mm-hmm. uh, or through just different sets of circumstances, sometimes, a lot of times, beyond their own con- con- control and 
but there can be uh, addiction issues. There can be uh, mental health issues. Um, there's all kinds of uh, crises that uh, people are facing. And, mm-hmm. um, and then when they find themselves uh, expecting and, and pregnant, uh, it just kind of adds to uh, the situation. Um, and so, you know, God can, in his sovereignty, can use um, even an unexpected, unplanned pregnancy mm-hmm. to, uh, to, you know, one, bring glory to himself through That's these right. lives that are being saved, uh, but also, um, you know, a church that is uh, involved in, in, in rescuing children mm-hmm. uh, from abortion, but also uh, ministering to these women that are in this crisis situation. And so we've heard stories, maybe you can uh, recall a few uh, of uh, ladies who have come out of this and uh, given birth and given life to their to their child, maybe raised the child, maybe placed the child for adoption. Uh, but the mom, in turn, uh, follows Jesus and becomes a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any stories or any, any news like that you can share with well, us about that? Well, yes, I think of one particular story that I recently heard. It was a very touching, very powerful story. It was by a nurse that worked with a pregnancy clinic ministry, and she told her how that um, they were actually, their ministry was actually in a meeting uh, when one lady came by, and so the uh, uh, appropriate employee, the correct individual, went to help her and uh, took her back to get an ultrasound. This woman was abortion-minded. She she was not. She didn't know the Lord, and she very much felt like she just needed to move forward getting an abortion. But while the uh, the nurse was, oh, the individual was working with the client, she had let other um, ministry workers know that this person really needed a lot of prayer. So there were, I think, many people praying for her as she, this mom was seeing her ultrasound. And keep in mind, though, I think she was pretty adamant about wanting to get an abortion. When she saw her baby on the ultrasound machine, ultrasound machine screen, the baby looked like the baby was on, on her knees praying. And mm. the mom was so touched, she started to cry. And she, the mom said, my baby's praying. And she was so touched. And all of a sudden, she realized, I can't kill my baby. And she chose to keep the baby. And also that day, uh, one of the workers led her to Christ and she received the Lord. And so she came in abortion minded and left, decided to keep her baby and left knowing Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior and left knowing that now she could get plugged into a church as well. Well, again, when the church is there to support ministries like this, it's the church being the church that God has called us to be. So. And I think of this too, Nathan, you know, it's so important for us to understand that God's word is so powerfully clear that he he does, he's calling us to stand for life and against abortion. And I've had the privilege of uh, AFA has recently published a book that I had a chance to write a series of articles entitled A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life. And something that many times believers really need, this needs to be brought to their attention that God's Word clearly opposes abortion. And, of course, we as believers are to be guided by the powerful Word of God. And so I think of, for example, a few scriptures that make it very clear God's heart and God's perspective on this include uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 19 and 20 tell us this, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, 
loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob to give them. And then Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, one of the Ten Commandments clearly says, you shall not murder. Proverbs 24, 12 says, rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? And then Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And these are just a few. There are many other passages of Scripture that we can draw out that clearly point out God's heart and mind on this issue. And it helps us to clearly know that no question about it, God's Word clearly opposes abortion. And so sadly... In the abortion debate today, sadly, you have people who say they love the Lord, but you find people on both sides of this issue. And the question should be asked, well, well, who's right? Well, a bigger issue is what does God have to say? And if God's people are going to be faithful to the word of God and faithful to following the Lord, then our job is not to get God to side with us. God doesn't side with anybody. God lays out his word and he calls us to side with him. And his word says, you shall not murder. So it's really very clear. And believers are called to be guided by the word of God as it relates to this particular issue. And, you know, Nathan, I think of the book, I would encourage people to get the book with the goal of understanding this, that the book is, again, a series of articles that help lay out a biblical perspective on why it's so critical for the church to boldly stand for life and against uh, abortion then. So again, it's called a pastor's note. God calls the church to stand boldly for life and I hope listeners will choose to to get it as well. Amen. We serve uh, the Lord. We serve God who is the author of life. And, um, you know, we've been given life and in Jesus, we can be given uh, eternal and abundant life. And so part of our mission uh, as the church is to uh, make that available. Uh, you know, we're not the ones who bring salvation, but we can uh, rescue those who are um, in in uh, literally the unborn who are who are not yet uh, bre- breathe the breath of life. We can uh, help um, see them come to life, and uh, and and then from that point, uh, help them. As you, as you read, you know, God's heart is for the poor and the needy. Mm-hmm. And we can stand with those uh, those uh, mothers and those families who are uh, then going to raise the children, uh, either you know their own biological children or maybe uh, uh, through adoption. So you know, I, th- I think it's important, Brother Joseph, to uh, yes, the church and and followers of Jesus, we we do need to be involved. We do need to be active in the political processes, mm-hmm. but it goes way beyond that. And what we're talking about today is how the church can be involved directly uh, in helping to serve and, and partner and, and, you know, minister alongside these uh, crisis pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also includes, you know, um, helping mothers parent their children. Mm-hmm. It includes helping uh, uh, parents uh, in the adoption process as well. That's right. That's right. And, you know, Nathan, I think of this, too, that 
I would challenge every single listener to decide that they're going to learn more about the life issue today and learn about ways and things individual believers and churches can get more involved with standing for life and against abortion. Because sadly, uh, over a period of more than 40 years since abortion was legalized in the U.S., that over 60 million babies have died. And that has happened on our watch as the church. And so for believers to decide, well, that's too bad, but there's nothing I can do, I believe very much. So that's a wrong conclusion. There's something all of us can do to help stand for life and stand against abortion. And so when we decide to do what we're able to do, and of course, again, as I said, that involves educating yourself to learn more about it and find out something that fruitful that fruitful that you can do, you, your family, your church can do to help with this issue. Uh uh, real briefly, I wanted to share uh, from the book of Exodus, chapter 1, it tells a powerful story of two young women who t- courageously stood up for life in a, in a powerful story from Scripture. This is Exodus, chapter 1, verses 15 to 21. It says, Then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shipra and Puah. When you, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. They allowed the boys to live too. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives. Why have you done this? He demanded. Why have you allowed the boys to live? The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, the midwives replied. They are more vigorous and have their babies so quickly that we cannot get there in time. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. Again, Exodus 1, verses 15 to 21. And Nathan, you know, this is a powerful example of courage that I believe every single believer listening and every believer in the church really needs to take into account. God always calls his people to follow him courageously. And the fact is, the Pharaoh, who would be considered probably the most powerful king in the world at that point in time, had clearly given them an order to kill the baby boys. But the scripture points out, it says that they feared God. In other words, they put what God said before what men said, and they refused to kill the baby boys. Well, at some point, Pharaoh realized what he'd ordered wasn't going on, and so he calls them in and wants to know, why haven't you been killing the baby boys like I told you? But God gave them grace and wisdom to know how to respond to him uh, in, a, in an ingenious way, and they outsmarted him. Basically, they told him, well, the Hebrew women are so healthy, they just have those babies before we get there. And so they were actually able to outsmart Pharaoh because what does he know about birthing babies? Probably nothing on top of nothing. And so he outsmarts them. But the Bible clearly points out that God commends them and blesses them for standing up for what was right. It, it points out specifically, says, and because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. So apparently they were single young women at the beginning of the story, and at the end, God gave them husbands and children of their own. So that's a, an illustration of the principle, seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And just like those women stood up for what was right in that day, God calls us to do the same thing. He doesn't want us to make excuses about, well, I don't really know enough to get involved or I'm busy or our church doesn't really deal with that. 
We need to educate ourselves about the problem and find out what we can do to get involved. Amen. You know, in that story, God was uh, setting out to uh, build up a people uh, for himself, a set apart people of Israel. And even there in the captivity in, in Egypt as slaves, God was uh, giving life and multiplying life and uh, raising up a, a numerous multitude of people. Um, and I think the same is true uh, for us today as the church. You know, as the church, we are God's chosen people. We are the nation that he has set apart for himself, for his glory. And uh, it, you know, that this people uh, encompasses uh, the, ho- the whole world. You know, it's, it's all the people groups of the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, abortion is not just a, an American uh, issue. Now, it is a, uh, I would say, a distinctly American uh, curse, if you will. But, you know, it's a, it's a global uh, problem. It's a global issue. That's right. Uh, can you tell us a little bit, you know, there's really no excuse for anybody these days and age not to have the education. Maybe, you know, you've referenced the, the book that you've, uh, that you've written. Okay, yes, you can go to uh, afastore.net to get the uh, book. And again, the title is A Pastor's Notes, God Calls the Church to Stand Boldly for Life. And I would encourage every listener to get it because it is a tool, a helpful tool for any pastor or any believer, period, to learn more about the issue, the different sides of the issue from a Bible perspective and learn things you and I can do to help get involved. And everybody should prayerfully ask the Lord, Lord, show me what you want me to do. And I believe every local church should pray, Lord, show us what you'd have us to do. And the fact is, if we ask individually or as local church congregations, God actually has lots of things for his people to do because there are lots of ways we can become involved in this very important cause. So hope that every single listener will choose to get involved. And again, the book is a great tool to help educate you about the problem and what we as believers can begin to do to help address it aggressively and productively as well. Amen. So we've been talking today with uh, Pastor Joseph Parker and about the importance of uh, of the church, of all of us, to uh, engage in uh, this fight for life, um, specifically how the church and even pastors can uh, engage with their local uh, crisis pregnancy center. You know, I remember um, my wife and I having uh, opportunities to, to do just that. And just the few uh, handful of, of young women that we got to meet uh, through that experience uh, and see God, you know, use us uh, in, in small ways. It doesn't have to be a, a big way, but God was using us in small ways to pray for, to, to be there for, to listen to, uh, to pr- provide uh, small things like diapers and, and blankets for these young ladies who uh, have chosen to give life. And, uh, you know, it's such a blessing that I would want everybody to be a part of something like that. So, uh, Joseph, thank you for being with us today. Thank and, uh, you for God the chance to be with you. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today. May God bless you as you are on mission for him to bless those around you.